0: Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 166. Welcome to
1: EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John
0: Dumas. Fire Nation, let's join together and thank our sponsor, Audible, as they make our daily show possible. Support Entrepreneur on Fire and go grab your free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Andrew McCauley. Andrew, are you prepared to ignite?
1: I am, John, absolutely. <laughs> I love it.
0: Andrew is a social media bloke who is an Aussie living in the States. He is the co-founder of Autopilot Your Business, a digital media and publishing agency, and he is also the publisher of Online Footprint Magazine on the Apple newsstands. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Andrew, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, we want to get to know you, and then take another minute and give us an overview of your business.
1: Sure, John. Well, I guess uh, I grew up in australia obviously and uh i cut my teeth in hotels and pubs and in australia a pub is a pretty uh pretty big cultural sort of thing you know we have one on every corner sort of thing almost like a starbucks over here (laughs) and uh it's it's not a it's not a seedy divey reputation sort of place it's it's a generally a family orientated place it's just part of our culture and i grew up um as soon as I left school working in pubs and I started managing those I was one of the youngest licensees in in the state to hold a liquor license in in uh, Victoria. So I started learning about pubs and I was in pubs for 17 years and one of the things that I really loved about pubs was to get people in the door, you know, and you instantly knew whether your marketing was working because if you had an empty pub you knew your marketing wasn't working right. so i sort of loved working in that sort of environment thinking how can i get people inside the door how can we start making money so i was big i was a very active student of marketing you know from a from a physical point of view and i learned so much in pubs you know you had to as a manager of a hotel you had I think something like 37 hats in one shift you know you might be you might be the uh the uh, gaming room attendant looking after poker machines one minute, then you're dealing with staff crisis the next, and then you're dealing with some security issue with someone who wants to, you know, jump the bar and have a go at some of your staff. So, you know, you could be the plumber at two o'clock in the morning all of a sudden. So you, you learn to deal with a lot of things that were thrown at you and you had to think on your feet. And I think that was one of the best training grounds I could ever go through because Thinking on your feet in an in a situation where particularly alcohol is involved, it puts a, it puts a new dimension to uh, the way you've got to think. So, I learned a lot about pubs, but it got to a point where I was just had enough of pubs. You know, I didn't want to lock up a pub at four o'clock in the morning and um, sort of you know have an argument or a fight with some patron that wanted one more famous last drink. You know, so I just said, I've got to. There's got to be a better way. So I got out of pubs in about two thousand and six. And I started my own business consulting business and one of my very first clients said to me, hey, Andrew, what's this Facebook thing? I've heard about Facebook and somebody was doing some marketing on it. You know, can you help us with that? And I'm like, yeah, sure, true entrepreneur fashion. Yeah, sure, sure I can. And I went home and had to learn about what Facebook was. But it got me involved in Facebook in 2006, late 2006, And from there, I I found it fascinating as a marketing perspective of how to actually use people from the internet to get them into a physical business. And that began my love affair with social media. You know, Twitter came along, and uh, there was YouTube and LinkedIn, all of those coming along. And it was just fascinating for me to see how to use those mediums to actually drive business. And that's where I started getting involved with a lot of internet marketing. And now, you know, I've started my own my own company. Um, autopilot your business with my business partner she's actually from she's from the states she lives in sydney and i'm from australia living over here so it's a bit of a bit of a, uh, a mixed mixed bag there but we uh we look after a lot of people we put a lot of products online for people we create websites and membership sites and so forth and now we're also getting into, involved with publishing you mentioned the online footprint magazine which we've just launched and your lovely faces on the cover of the first issue that was such an honor yeah, look, we've had a, we've had a ball creating that, and uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about you know what we're getting out of that too later. But um, it's just uh, fascinating to find the connections that we're making through through creating great content on the web and and people wanting to know this sort of stuff.
0: These are all great things, Andrew, and I can't tell you how excited I am to delve more into it later in the interview. But before I do, at Entrepreneur on Fire, we always start off with a success quote. It kind of gets the motivational ball rolling and gets. Fire Nation listeners pumped up for this content you're going to be sharing with us. So take it away.
1: You know, my my favorite success quote is probably your network is your net worth. You know, who the, who you hang out with, they say that the three people you hang out with most, add those up and divide it, add, the, add their wealth up and divide it by three, and that's around about the wealth that you'll be living on right now. So, you know, I'm always looking at ways to um, uh, connect with people, but not just connect with people from a personal or selfish reasons to see what I can get out of them it's more about how can I help them because I know I'm a big believer of what goes around comes around and you know if I can help somebody connect with somebody else and that works fine and that's a great relationship there I know that something will come to me somewhere along the way whether it's from them or somebody else but network is your net worth I have believed that and now ever since I've learned that and that was probably early 2006 I've, I've gone out of my way to make sure that I'm connecting with people as much as I can
0: That's just a great quote on so many levels, and Jim Rohn, who's just recently passed away, was very famous for saying something very similar along those lines. The five people you spend the most time with is going to be the five people that have the most influence on your life, and it's just so true on so many levels. So Andrew, how do you actually make sure that you apply this mentality to your life? What are some things that you do to make sure that you're living this, your network is your net worth?
1: Well, you know, some of the some of the things that these days it makes makes it so much more easier. You know, sites, social sites are like LinkedIn. You know, I've made some awesome connections through just having that sort of uh, tool available to you, and everyone's got that tool available to them. But just reaching out, um, going to events that where people are hanging out, like minded events where you can connect with the right sort of people. You know, I've got so much more um, leverage from people at events that I've connected with one on one than I have with just um, randomly sending them an email on their contact page. So you know, it's when you go out, when you go to an event, even if the sometimes these events don't have the best quality content. But if you go from a point of view of well, who can I meet and how can I help them, then you're going to get something out of every event that you attend, whether it's just a, a three or four person event or a four thousand person event.
0: Name just a couple events that you're really into in the states.
1: You know, I went to one recently, uh, was called the traffic and conversion summit. And it was by far the best event that I went to because of the quality of not just the, not just the presentations, but also the people that were there. Everyone that I look up to, everyone that, and including a few people you've had on your show before were there as participants and they were all there as peers. They weren't trying to outdo each other. They were just people that were there to learn and connect with others and some of the relationships that were being built between each of these people, and including myself, is just going to go a long way. We can all just sort of see it saying, wow, this is the start of something, you know, something grand. And we're all pretty excited about it.
0: This is the start of a great relationship. I love that. So, Andrew, let's transition now into our next topic, which is failure, which are challenges, obstacles that as entrepreneurs we face multiple times on our journey. Take us back to a time when you failed, when you just fell flat on your face, or when you came up against an obstacle or a challenge. You had to dig deep to overcome. And how would you overcome that?
1: Yeah, good question. There's the two parts to this one, I guess. The first one is, um, as an entrepreneur, you know, we're doing so many different things. One of them is you've got to keep your eye on your financials, and if you don't do that, and this is this is what happened to us, we we didn't pay attention to our financials because we were busy growing our business and you know, we thought everything was going well because the bills were being paid and there was money coming in. But we didn't keep our eye on the financials. And then something came around one time and, hit, and bit us on the backside and we're like, wow, what happened there? We didn't see that coming. But if we kept our, our eye on our finances and, and what was going on with our spreadsheets and our, and our uh, accounting, we would have seen it coming and we would have been prepared for it. So one of the biggest things is never take your eye off your financials. Always keep A very, very close eye on it. You know, I've seen so many companies go down that path where they didn't keep, they didn't keep their eye on the financials. When money's coming in, it's all looking rosy and everyone's happy and they're spending money and throwing it up in the air and that sort of stuff. But as soon as the, uh, as soon as the ship tightens up a little bit, everything's uh, panic stations and they could have avoided a lot of that situation if they just kept their eye on the financials while they were making good money at the time. Uh, But one of the, one of the things that as an entrepreneur for, for us and our company is that um, I, read a, I read a great book recently by a guy called Les McEwen, uh, M-C-K-E-O-W-N, and he he talks about a cycle. It, the book's called Predictable Success, and he talks about a cycle that entrepreneurs go through, and in fact, a lot of businesses go through. And the cycle that, that was concerning us was, you know, we, we as entrepreneurs were visionaries, and we're looking at how to grow the business so we come up with ideas and then we'd have to implement those ideas so we'd have to put systems in place and that sort of thing we'd become the operators so our focus would go from visionary to operator and we're trying to operate the business where the visionary role would fall down while we're concentrating on the operations and then the cycle would say hey we'd need to rectify that so we'd go back to the visionary and try and grow the business a little bit more and then the operations would fall apart so we've got in this vicious Cycle of doing one, not concentrating on the other, and that would fall down. So, one of the things that to get out of that is that we had to look at what is the best seat on the bus for us. What did, what could we do? And entrepreneurs, nine out of ten of us are going to be the visionaries in our business because we have the vision to be the entrepreneur in the first place. So, the operation side of things was something that we had to look at and say, can we get. Can we get this outsourced because it's basically systems? Can we train somebody to do the, out, the the operations for us so that we don't have to concentrate on it and we can continue growing the business like we want to do it? So I guess that's how we got out of it. It was looking at, looking at what was failing and which parts could we outsource to somebody that could do it for us instead of us spending all that time.
0: Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story, that journey that you were on, and it leads perfectly into the next segment, which is the aha moment, that light bulb.
1: My biggest aha moment, I think, goes back to my transition from pubs to um, being a solopreneur an entrepreneur. And you know, I was in I was in pubs for, as I said, seventeen years. But I probably for the last three years of that time, two to three years, I was I was at house. I had enough, and I am looking to get out. And I was always saying, you know, I don't want to be a rep. I don't want to be a sales rep. Um, But the jobs that were coming my way were sales reps. Everything I didn't want was coming my way. And you know, I was focusing on what I didn't want. And it wasn't until I learned to ask myself a better question. It was, what do I want instead of what I don't want? And as soon as I was able to put down on paper what is it that I like in my job currently and what do I want to see in my next job. I was able to clearly state what that is and focus on what I want rather than what I don't want and within three weeks, within three weeks this uh, this opportunity came towards me and I said that's it, that's what I've been looking for but it wouldn't have presented itself, well it would have but I wouldn't have seen it as, a, as an opportunity if I'd kept on that old what don't I want sort of mentality.
0: Well, let's be specific here, Andrew. What were your actions following that aha moment? What was that opportunity that you took hold of?
1: What I did was I I went down and said, you know, there's aspects of working in pubs that I like. I love the marketing. I love interacting with people. I love being connected. I love helping uh, helping the business grow. So they are parts of the next job or next phase of my life that I want to have included, which parts didn't I like? So I wrote those down. I said, that's what I definitely... I'm not going to include in what I'm looking for. So I had a few other um, aspects of what I wanted that I that I was looking for, and you know within three weeks, someone came up to me and said, "Hey, have you ever considered being a business consultant for your own company?" And I'm like, "I've never even thought about it. You know, what is it? What is it? What What do you do in that sort of situation?" So this person went through me and they said, "You do this, this, and this." And as he was explaining it, each of the boxes was being checked. You know, you're helping businesses grow. You're talking about marketing. You're connecting with people. You're uh, networking with other individuals. You're uh, you're overseeing financial sort of implementation for businesses. And I'm like, hey, this is all the things I want to do, and it's hasn't got the drunken bums at two o'clock in the morning. It hasn't got all that other stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking this is, this, this could be what I'm, I'm, I'm uh, looking for. And I've been looking for it for a while. So it was, it was a scary transition because, you know, 17 years working in a specific industry and I was, you know, very top of my industry. I was getting paid the most out of all of the managers in this, in this chain of hotels. Uh, it was a big jump, but, it was one that I just said, you know, if I don't do it, I'll still be locking up pubs when I'm fifty, and uh, I'm not really going to be having much family life.
0: So, Andrew, have you had an "I've made it" moment?
1: John, I don't think I have, but I've definitely had a "Wow, I've come a long way" sort of moment. You know, I've got some pretty lofty goals that I want to achieve, and and I haven't got to those ones yet. But there are definitely celebrations along the way where I, where I've uh, along the journey because I think that's very important. Important, uh, a very important part of the journey. You know, actually, I was only talking to a friend uh, yesterday from pubs um, way back. And, and I haven't spoken to her for nearly six years. And she's like, hey, what are you doing these days? So I sort of started listing all these things that I've been doing and what's going on. And I sort of had to pause for a minute and think, wow, I, I have come a long way. I, you know, I don't realize you've achieved so much until you sort of stop and smell the roses and have a look back. And I sort of started thinking, you know, she's told me what she's doing, which is pretty much the same as what she would have said six years ago. You know, not a lot has changed and I'm thinking, wow, I'm pretty excited now that I did make that jump, definitely. And I'm also excited about the progress that I have made when you can stop and look at that sort of thing. So, haven't had an um, haven't had a, I've made it moment. It's not far away, but it's uh, definitely a come a long way moment.
0: Those are extremely important, Andrew. And I love this question because every guest that I have interprets this question differently and I just love the variety of answers. It sounds to me like you truly are marking milestones along your way, that you're enjoying the journey. You're realizing that you've actually done so much in six years, whereas a coworker of yours who didn't make that leap really just is in the exact same position that she was six years ago. And that's a very powerful realization of what it can mean to just start moving that ball, pick up that momentum, get that snowball rolling down the hill, so I don't want to put words in your mouth. Are you enjoying the journey?
1: Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, I don't. I don't feel like I go to work. You know, if I'm if I'm in the office for ten hours a day, it's it flies past because I love what I love what I'm doing. It's it's so exciting for me, and I just know that um, in this in this space that I'm in, the whole internet marketing and social media space and product creation, it's changing the rules and the uh, the the playing field is changing all the time as well. So there's no constant there either, which is good because I'm not a big fan of being in a box, you know, seven days a week. So I like the change and I like the diversification that it brings.
0: Wonderful. And I'm really excited about this next topic because I've seen what you have going on with online footprint and autopilot. Your business has a lot of cool things going on. So take a minute, share with Fire Nation a couple things that are really exciting you in your business right now.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, starting with Online Footprint, it's a magazine that we, we've been conceptualizing for uh, probably about six months and we brought it to fruition early January or mid-January this year and um, what what it's doing for us is it's just, it's opening the doors to so many other people and, you know, we're because we're the publishers of a magazine, it just means that people are more willing to come to the party if you like, you know. And everyone wants to be in a magazine, so it's great to be able to connect with people and say, hey, we've got this. We'll help you get exposure out there. Let's make a connection and see how we can work together. And so that's pretty exciting about, um, about what we're doing in the publishing side of things. You know, we've just also uh, launched a, an Amazon book, a Kindle book. We got to number one in our category, which we're pretty excited about oh, wow. because that was something we wanted to do. And, you know, that's, some, that's, a couple, that's part of our goals this year is to do another, another few of those books as well so publishing this publishing at the moment is big for us creating content and you know google are hell bent on making sure that the internet is full of great content right now you know there's a whole bunch of changes going on at google where they want to make sure that they're delivering high quality content when people do a search and we think that's where it's at if you're becoming a publisher on um, iTunes for podcasts. You know, we do a podcast just like you, not as not as successful as yours, but we know the value of having a podcast, having a platform out there to create something. Um, you, Amazon, Apple, you know, they're all great content um, platforms that people are starting to understand now, and that's where we're getting excited because so many people have knowledge inside their heads that they don't know how to get out, and that's what we do as a business is helps an entrepreneur or someone as an expert get that information outside of their head so they can create a product and go on and sell it because so many people want to do it they just don't know how to do it
0: so Andrew talk to Fire Nation for a second about this, because I'm really curious. I've recently published my first book, Podcast Launch, on the Amazon platform, and I'm always just trying to soak up more information from people like yourself who have seen a lot of success using this platform. So share with us a little insight. Take us through the process of your publishing your first book. Share with us what it is, and then share with us why you think it was so successful.
1: Sure, you know, the book itself for us wasn't that hard. In fact, we... (laughs) I'll give you a tip. We we actually created the book itself in an hour. We recorded an audio. Um, my business partner and I recorded an audio. We we had some key points that we wanted to touch on. We recorded an audio uh, for an hour. An hour equates to around about 40 to 50 pages, and on a Kindle device, that's not so bad. So we got a transcribe. So we transcribed the audio, and what we did, we edited edited that audio. Uh, the transcription into a book that was readable because audios and, and transcriptions are read a little bit different. And, <laughs> You're and telling me. As far as a book goes, we wanted to make sure that it didn't look funny. So what we did was because the main the main reason we wanted to uh, write the book wasn't because it was a burning desire we had since we were young. You know, I really really had no desire to write a book at all. But we wanted to do it for some um, just for some brand building, but also some list building exercises as well. And just to measure the platform. And what we did was we offered a free recording, a free audio if you uh, download the book. So uh, we, had, uh, we had that set up on a little website so people would go and they download a free audio. So uh, we started building our list because Amazon won't give you um, anybody's email address that signs up for your book. You don't even know who buys your book. So we wanted to make sure we try and capture that. So we put a little landing page together and said, hey, download the free audio of this version of this book if you like. So they did that. But one thing that uh, that uh, Amazon has is a Kindle Select KDP, the Kindle Select program. And that's a exclusivity agreement with you and Amazon to say that you won't sell your ebook anywhere else uh, for 90 days except on Amazon.
0: Real quick question, Andrew, about that. Can you still offer the audio version of that book for free somewhere else? Like it sounds like you did at
1: some point? Yeah, we have on it we have it on our website so it's a it's a separate thing you're not offering the Amazon you're not offering the audio on Amazon you're actually offering it on your own website got it so when people read the book they would say it' say click here go here and because Amazon you can click on links when you're reading it on a Kindle or a, a device you can take it straight you take them straight off Amazon into your own website so what we did was um, the Kindle the KDP program also gives you five days of free it lets you make your book free. For anybody that wants it over a period of five days, you can have it one day at a time, or all five at once, or, or a combination of any of those. And uh, so, what we did was there's there's a whole new world out there which I hadn't been aware of of free Kindle books every day. There's there's right. websites there's websites everywhere that that offer hey today's free free eBooks on offer uh, uh, on Amazon. So you could read forever without having to pay a cent ever again if you really wanted to. So, we, we really hit those sites hard. We made sure we were on every site there to let people know. And we had, um, we had about four or 5,000 downloads in five days of our book. Wow.
0: And let me break in there for one real quick second. So, you actually reached out to those websites, the owner of those websites and said, hey, make sure our book's on this list?
1: Yeah, definitely, cuz they want to know cuz they they don't know and they they're not going to go and do searching for free books every day. They want the owners or the the authors to come along and say, "Hey, here's my book and you've got to give a little spiel about what's in your book and what's about and who what sort of target market." But, you know, that's just a systematized approach. You just go to each site and you give them the information. Um, they'll they'll if if they like your book, they'll stick it on the front page, which you'll get a lot more downloads, but if they as, as long as they as long as it's there, it's 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 traction and it's also searchable for the uh, search engine. Very as well. cool. Yeah. So that's that was our that was our main marketing push um, to get people out there, and then we also I gifted a number of books, probably about thirty or forty books, uh, to people just so they get out there and start doing reviews because reviews are also part of the algorithm of how. Um, how Amazon tracks your how tracks your ranking.
0: So, if you're in the KDP program, which stands for Kindle Direct Publishing, Correct. How do you gift books?
1: I yeah, uh, I just you know, it's just like an it's just like an Amazon uh, gift card. It, realistically, they could use that gift card on anything on Amazon. But oh, I I bought the gift. Let's say let's say your Amazon book is a dollar at the time. I went and bought forty different uh, Amazon gifts for $1 and I'd send them, send a, you know, send these people an email and say, here's a gift I've bought you. Here's our book link. Now, technically they could have gone and spent that dollar on anything on Amazon. It didn't, it doesn't matter, but I was just suggesting they, they, they spend it on my book because I've paid for the, uh, paid for the gift. So I really just wanted them to make sure that they were buying my book rather than somebody else's book.
0: Brilliant. So you just bought gift cards, you sent them directly to people with the link of to your book and said, hey, use this gift card to buy my book.
1: Yeah. And if you're feeling generous, please leave me a review because I could really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, not everyone left a review. It's always uh, hard to get someone to take that extra action. But, you know, people left reviews and uh, it was good because, you know, it's social proof that that's what you want in your books too.
0: And that obviously helps with the Kindle rating system, correct?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely
0: iTunes has a very similar platform, which is why I'm always asking and so appreciative of the five-star ratings and reviews that I get for Entrepreneur on Fire. We're now sitting at over 225, which is just phenomenal. Such great support because it has such value and impact of this podcast in the rankings. And one of the reasons why Entrepreneur on Fire is a top 10 business podcast. It's just incredible. Awesome. Fire Nation, let's take a second here to once again thank our sponsor, Audible. They are the reason this content will always be free for you. If you love Entrepreneur on Fire, then you will love the 100,000 plus audiobooks Audible has. And spoiler alert, Terry is about to recommend The Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs by Carmine Gallo. You can go grab this audiobook for free and get a 30-day trial by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. I have been an Audible member for years now, and there are a number of reasons they are the only place to go for audiobooks. Audible provides the best value, the best customer care, and the best selection of titles. So go grab an audiobook today and support Entrepreneur on Fire by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. So Andrew, I've never asked you this question and I would love to know the answer. So Fire Nation listeners are going to find out the answer at the same time that I am. Why did you choose me to be on the cover of your magazine?
1: Hey, that's a, that's a good question. You know what? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the honest truth is that when we were looking, when we we're looking for people to contribute to the magazine, uh, you know, we put a put a series of qu- questions and and finding out who we could put in there. And you were the one of the quickest people to respond. You, know, you had your stuff back, you had your article there, yeah, and everything was there like super quick. And I'm like, hey, this this guy takes action, and I, and I already knew about your podcast and taking action was a big thing of yours, and already knowing, you know, how busy we all are, and bang, here was your here was your um. Here was your um, your article and I'm like, this is this is super good. Other people took another week or so to bring it in. And I'm like, hey, if this guy takes action, I'm happy to give, <laughs> take some action to him and, <laughs> and sort of pay it back. So, you know, just little things like that was just, it made my life easy because, you know, I had to get the, the cover design. I'm like, hey, well, I know I already know who I'm going to put on the cover because you're a definite starter. You know, the others are still saying, yes, they'll send an article and and in the end everyone sent one but it's like, well, I'm sorry, but uh, you've got it because you're, you've taken action and the early bird gets the worm. Thank you. I really
0: appreciate that. And I do absolutely stress the Fire Nation, just take action. So I'm glad for them to hear that I'm doing... What I'm preaching because I really am a big believer in that. And another thing I'm sure that you knew when I took such powerful action so quickly that I take note of when people respond to me really quickly is that when the magazine went out, I was right there promoting it to my entire audience on Facebook, on Twitter. I was continuing to take action throughout because that's just what people that take action do. They continue to take action. So I love when I find action takers. I'm glad that you lumped me in that category, Andrew. And it's a perfect segue to the lightning rounds. This is my favorite part of the show. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Absolutely. All right. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: You know, I think it's the, the thing that most people are held back from and that's security. You know, the security of what they have now and leaping over to something that they don't know. You know, so many... Um, so many friends of mine in in, in so- all sorts of businesses are uh, experts of what they do. They could really uh, do a really good job at what they do in their own business, but they're working for somebody else. And they're working for somebody else because of that carrot that dangles in front of them. And I think that's the security of knowing that that paycheck is going to come in every week as long as they're in employment for somebody else. So uh, I think the security is the biggest thing that was holding me back and then when I learned that you know what? Security is not as important or I can change that aspect. It's still important, but I can I can move how I view security. As soon as I changed my value around security, I was able to make that jump.
0: What is the best business advice you've ever received?
1: If I've got time for a quick story, there was a um one of our we used to have a nightclub in one of our pubs and one of, the night, one of the nights was an over-28s night. So it was almost uh, like a singles night for over-28s. You had to be over 28 years old to be there. And um, this, there was a guy who used to run it. His name was John. And he was the over-28s king. He would, he would run three different over-28s nights on a weekend. He would get 1,000 people to each one. But that's all he did. He was just concentrating on over-28s. He was, he was so into it that, that that's all he did. Um, so he would be a subcontractor to these pubs and he'd go along and create a night. Anyway, you know, at midnight, he would drive around all the venues and he'd come and collect his cash in a small pay- brown paper bag sort of thing <laughs> and a lot of cash it was too. And I'm looking at this guy thinking, wow, you, you're making some cash every weekend. This is insane and, and you don't do anything for it, it seems. One night on his visits, he'd come and we sat down and we had a coffee. It was about 1 a.m., we used to, we used to have the club run till three. It was about 1am. And, and I said, uh, Hey John, I think we've got a problem. I said, there's some people in here tonight and I think there are competition down the road. looks like they're going to start up an over 28s. And I saw them taking notes. You know, I saw them looking at everything. They were scoping the place out to see what we do. And he just smiled and he said, yeah, did you give them some photos? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, he said, look, these people will come in here all the time. They will copy everything we do. He goes, I don't care about that. And the reason I don't care about that is because they will copy what we do. They'll go back and they'll give it to some pimply faced kid who will try and run the night for them. And he won't like the oldies music. So he'll put his on his young music. They won't like the lights. They'll change the decor. They'll make it like they want it rather than what their customer wants it. And he said, the thing is that I have passion. I have passion about what I do. I do this for a living. It's my bread and butter. And he goes, they don't have passion. It'll never work. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty interesting. Sure enough, three weeks later, they opened up a a club down the road. It lasted for a month and then it died. we, we, We took a hit for a week or two, but then it died. And he came back and he said, see, what were you worried about? And I'm like, wow, you're spot on. So I saw it in action. I saw it in action. If you don't have passion about what you do, if you're really truly not passionate about it, don't don't waste your time doing it because it, it will come through in other ways.
0: Well, Andrew, I can hear your passion, and so I commend you for that. That was a great story. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. What's something that's working for you right now?
1: I think social media and uh, social media mainly, and word of mouth is is is. Awesome for us, you know. We're not spending a lot of money on advertising at all because we know that if we're doing a good job and we're doing a good job for the right people, that will get out there and other people will know. So social media for us, doing what we pre- practice or doing what we what we teach, is very important. So we want to make sure that if we're a if we're a social media experts, we want to be out there looking like we know what we're doing. Um, if we're creating content or teaching people or creating content for other people, we want to be out there doing that for. Others. So we want to really be doing what we're doing, doing what we're teaching and doing what we're doing for others so that people can say, well, if you guys are doing it, it must be working.
0: Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners?
1: Yeah, I've got a couple, but I'll tell you my favorite one at the moment is one called My Speed, My Speed by Enounce. Now I'm a big, I'm a big fan of learning, learning lots of stuff. I watch a lot of videos and training videos. And what MySpeed does is it lets you speed up these videos that are online up to five times faster without putting the chipmunk voice on it. So you can actually understand what the video is saying three times faster. So instead of watching a, a, you know, a 15 minute video, you can watch that video in five minutes now, it gives you a whole bunch more time to do other stuff. So MySpeed by Enounce is one of my favorite tools right now.
0: Wow, that's a great one. I'm going to link that up in the show notes and probably be using it because I currently use VLC, which is a similar program, but it does seem to give people the chickmunk voice. So I'm pretty curious to see how MySpeed makes that happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I, I love it. I love it. It's just one of my favorite tools. I use it all the time now. You know, and the other thing is you can also slow things down. So if you're trying to learn a language or learn something technical yeah. and you, and you're thinking, you know what, this guy is talking too fast, you can slow it down to half speed or a quarter speed. And then all of a sudden, ah, oh, that makes sense and you can, you know, do your notes or write your notes as you go. So, yeah, it does it does both ways. If
0: you could re- No, just kidding. <laughs> if you could recommend a book for Fire Nation, what would it be?
1: Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs. And uh, it's a book by a guy called Carmine Gallo, and basically what it does is it breaks down how Steve Jobs communicated, whether it was just one person in front of him or a whole bunch of people how how he would present a boring basic product like an mp3 player and make it look sexy and you know we've all got this issue in our in our businesses where we have a product that can look as boring as hell or it can be really really sexy and how did steve jobs make a little a phone or a or an mp3 player sounds so sexy to the world that now he has these evangelists for Apple. You know, everything Apple does now is, is super sexy. And, and the way he was able to present that and communicate that, because I, I think the world is you know, evolves around communication. And I just find it fascinating how he does that. And so I'm loving what he's, what he's talking about, what Carmine Gallo breaks down of how Steve Jobs used to do a presentation. I just think, find that fascinating and uh, very beneficial.
0: Very cool. I actually just read the Steve Jobs biography. And Uh what I loved about reading that is that I was able to go to YouTube after they would describe in the book how he presented the 1984 Macintosh or the 1987, or as they would go through the book, I could just go to YouTube and they would describe it, and then I could watch it live. So, I mean, that was a really cool situation of being able to read the book, hear the description, and then go to YouTube and actually watch it.
1: Yeah, that's it's, it's a great way to break things down, isn't it?
0: So, Andrew, the next question is my favorite. It's kind of tricky, but take your time, digest, and then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days?
1: I would be looking for the biggest pain points that are are out there. What is the biggest pain points that people need solving and what sort of things can I do? So I'd search things like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and look for a common denominator and the most common pain points that people are expressing out there to the world and find a way to solve it so what i would do is I'd go to um, I'd go to LinkedIn you know find experts who actually know how to solve that sort of particular pain point um, I'd do an interview with those those uh, experts I'd create a product and also some free giveaways I think from from that interview um, set up a basic website you know a basic websites going to cost you ten dollars for hosting and ten dollars for ten dollars a month for for um, um, a domain, or sorry, $10 for a domain name, $10 for hosting. And then I'd use something like a free MailChimp software to start collecting names and addresses. So I set up a basic page for it. And I guess most of the money I would spend would be on marketing, you know, sending traffic to that lead capture page so I can start building my list for people. But I'd also spend most of my time with joint ventures, dealing with people that are out there that, that have connections with the right uh, people are looking for the solution to their pain. And, you know, I guess so many experts out there that don't have a product, that they don't know how to sell something 24-7. They're experts um, in their field, they'll go out and they'll be great to, uh, it's great to part their knowledge, but they don't know how to make money from it. So I would, you know, joint venture with some of these experts, put a product together and say, right, here's the answer. Here's a website that we can answer people's pains uh, and then start over from there. That would be the best thing I would do in those first seven days.
0: Andrew, you have given us some great actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Share with us how we can connect with you, give us one parting piece of guidance, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Awesome. Okay, There's, uh, You can connect with me on autopilotyourbusiness.com, or my personal blog is thesocialmediabloke.com. Uh, that's my personal blog. You can get me either there, do a search for the social media bloke on Google and you'll find me on a whole bunch of different sites. Um, my best advice, my best advice is get out there and do it. Just do something like you, you, have never seen anybody, uh, sit there with a bag of money full on their head by just sitting there. So get out there and just do it. And it doesn't matter if you think you can't do it, you will be able, you, you will get moving forward is Better than sitting there still, you, you know. I just can't say enough that uh, don't worry about how many people haven't done something. Just get out and do it.
0: And is there anything you'd like to share with Fire Nation about the online footprint?
1: Yeah, you know what? I'm going to give a. I'd love to give a three month subscription to everybody that's listening, and I think John will put that on the uh, the resources page. Um, for this interview, but let's give everybody a three-month subscription. Have a look at uh, have a look at John on the front cover. Go and tell yeah. him how sexy he looks. <laughs> and then uh, and then we've got some awesome contributors out there who have got some really good knowledge that they're sharing. It's all about marketing. It's online. If you want to get yourself online or just learn some more tips and tricks, go and look at online footprint and uh, check it out. Three-month subscription. We've got, to, we've got some uh, really cool people coming up. That uh, have got some just awesome knowledge out in the in the internet marketing and online marketing space. So uh, check it out. We'll put that we'll put that link. In fact, uh, OFP Bonus, capital all caps, OFP Bonus. You put that in the subscription box in the online footprint on the Apple Newsstand, and you'll get a three month subscription. But I'll put that code in the resource page. Wow! Would you hear
0: that, Fire Nation? Go to entrepreneuronfire.com slash Andrew McCauley, and you will have access to be able to get the online footprint for three months for free. Just a great resource with a ton of great content. Andrew, thank you for being so generous with your magazine, with your time, with your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Thanks, John. Take care.
0: Fire Nation, what great idea do you have brewing inside you? Enough brewing. Take powerful action today. Go grab your domain and get your website up. I've created a simple seven-minute tutorial that will walk you through acquiring your domain for free all the way to your first post. Go to eofirewebsite.com to access this great tutorial, your free domain, and much more. That's eofirewebsite.com.
1: Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.